0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the collective show with Gina. She is a soul embodiment mentor, energy alignment practitioner, and a tarot card reader and an energy healer. She's got it all.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, I guess. And yes, I encourage you to live from your soul. And I just want to spread the message that from anchoring ourselves in our souls, it makes our lives way easier. And yes, I do that through energy healing also energy alignment and my i guess my baby my og what i first started off with tarot cards mm-hmm.
0: so tell us a little bit about yourself how did this journey into your spiritual awakening start to open up these pathways of your gifts
1: i would say i really begin to, to feel spirit <laughs> when my father um passed into the non-physical and so it was just a very like during that time you're very sensitive you're very open you're very vulnerable and so like i definitely felt like some abilities activate and then i would say after i brought my first tarot deck is when i really just began to like feel the spirit <laughs> and just begin to develop my gifts work with my chakras work with my clears and just really develop myself spiritually
0: so with your chair card reading i Know that you are clear, audience, and clear knowing you communicate with your spirit guides or your spirit team to help you um, communicate with your client and give a message that guides them in the right path. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So yes, I do use those, and I also say I would use clear sentience as well, which is clear feeling. Um, it's really an amalgamation of all of them. Um, but it's like it's a process in which. I ground myself and then I open myself up mainly to my ancestors first, my spirit guides and anyone else that would like to come and assist with the reading um, and then we divine. And also the better the question, well, not the better the question, the more specific the question almost, the more accurate the reading can be this is also something with Tarot.
0: I agree. Like when you are trying to connect to someone's soul to be able to give them the most clear message, it's always great to have a direct, like um direct way of knowing how to channel through. Um, I also know that you are I'm I'm not sure the the clear for smell.
1: Oh, uh clear August. Augustine, yes.
0: like that. Yeah, I, I never
1: I've never had that activate during a reading but I have experienced that I guess in a more sense of mediumship where like I smell something and it's like first it was after a mediumship reading I had done I don't really do mediumship often especially not with other people (laughs) um not for any particular reason it's just not my Mm -hmm. particular like skill set yet we'll say um but yeah I smelled like beautiful lilac afterwards and then actually in my room, I smelled my non-physical father as well. So it's cool that you mentioned that because it was very interesting, very um out of the blue nowhere. I don't particularly, again, get that one during client sessions, but I have had that happen, I guess, more my personal practice. One I have had happen, which was pretty cool during a client reading, um, was the one where you taste. I'm not quite sure what it's called. And it's funny because um, she was like eating a chicken sandwich and I'm like a breakfast chicken sandwich. And I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm just craving this breakfast chicken sandwich right now. Don't know why. And she was eating a breakfast chicken sandwich. It was so cool. And it was just a really fun way to like experience, you know, the gift of the clear. So yeah. yeah, there are some ones that are more like specific and also ones that I just, they don't come up as often. Um, but they're still cool when you do experience them for sure.
0: Was Claire Sentience the one that's feeling? Yes. Yes. So I have this little story when I was starting my spiritual awakening about five years ago. Uh one of the things that the spirits used to do is they used to send energy to my arm. And my arm would kind of like just completely fill right here on both side, like my elbow and my hand in between that. Um it would kind of just feel like this very intense pain of rushing energy and it would turn warm mm. and I'll kind of let me know that they were in the area but I always felt like intuitively that it was a negative entity so I try not to really mess around with that at the time but when I get little um sensations like that of energy throughout my body I know there's someone in the area I kind of have to use my intuition to direct me if it's a negative entity or a positive entity. And, and you know, we are all one. So um, it's all about evolving. There is no right or wrong. We all just learn and evolve. So mm-hmm. I always have this unconditional love and acceptance for all beings. I actually work with um, demons and angels and the spirit guides. I de- I'll deal with all types of beings because I feel as, you know, we all deserve to reach our highest potential, mm-hmm. and evolve and learn what our reality and perception means to us and create the meaning that we would like in our own reality. So um, do you feel as, you would be open to opening more of the clairsentience through your readings have you ever ventured into the idea of using that gift of feeling for your tarot card readers or clients
1: you know you say that and there was one particular reading I did um to where it was back when I was more newbie I would say and the guy like he just had this like rush of like you mentioned like heat you know and like Whatever he was whomever he was dealing with, it was a relationship reading whomever he was dealing with, she was just very you know abrasive in that way, so I felt that heat. and so I would say after that, I haven't really you know felt that way during reading like I have feeling and emotions, but I would say it's very much like I feel things, um, and maybe it's theirs I sur- and most of the time it is theirs actually um but I'm able to like I guess I use it as information so I do use it in a reading but it's a very much a two-part process actually because you can get a feeling from the tarot cards themselves or the the guides you know or like something externally and I would say mainly I focused on what I'm getting from the cards but also like if I'm like I guess more open, which is during client readings. I do like open to that person, but I am I would say I'm very focused on what I'm getting from the cards themselves. So if they're giving me a clear sentence, but it does, then I, I use that. But yeah, I hope that answered the question.
0: What started the adventure into tarot cards? And do you have any advice to give to people <laughs> who are beginners in tarot cards? <laughs>
1: I just told this story on my stories every day so funny all right so I went to Barnes and Nobles and I bought a tarot deck because someone broke up with me and I was like oh my gosh if we're gonna go get my friend and I at the time we were gonna we would just have the idea I guess to go get tarot decks and so that's what we did we got tarot decks and I would say that do it however it feels right. Because looking back in hindsight, this is a little bit more human design-y. So you may not know what human design is, but basically I'm a generator and my theme or my my um, strategy is to respond, wait to respond. And so it's interesting that my response was from that event that led to my business. So like that was me living my design um intuitively funny story but yeah it was because of a guy <laughs> there's no other way around it it's, it was because of someone broke up with me and then I'm like okay let's go get cards and I just got a feeling for it and um someone said you're good at this and so I'm like okay we'll see and then it just stuck so yeah <laughs> and the advice you would give to beginner tarot card readers
0: on how to connect more with the cards or how to open these gifts um like the clairsentience, Claire feeling, Claire knowing these gifts as well um, towards the tarot cards or with their clients and their guides?
1: So first, I'm going to say, pick tarot de Marseille, <laughs> pick that system of tarot, because first, it's a little bit more difficult to read with. And so I feel that it's harder, but it makes you a study the cards more, go more in depth with the system itself, or just at least know it exists, but I would say pick Terra de Marseille system, and um, just use your intuition, but also know that you will have to study the card's meanings, because it all interacts, and I would say to, to develop your clairs with the cards, I would say just write each clair out on a piece of paper, and do readings, like pull a reading or something, and maybe do like fold it up so you can't see what clear it is and then shuffle it up, pick a clear and then whatever it is, use that method while you're reading the cards. So if it's clear sentience, only use clear sentience. If it's clairvoyance, only try to use pictures. If it's clear cognizance, only use what you know. So like do it that way, um, but with a spread. And I would say use a three card spread just because it's really simple. It's past, present, future, um, masculine, feminine, unity. It's like, it's everything basically. It's just a three card spread. There's a master number as well. Um, So yeah, that makes it just very simple. Uh,
0: Is there a secret trick that you use that most tarot card readers don't know that helps you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's a good question, indeed. So um, there's something called the Degrees of Turin. So basically it's like seven card number seven corresponding with card number 17. And so if you get like seven of wands with card number seven, I just find it to be like more synchronistic. So I would pay attention to those cards and the surrounding cards. And let's say you get card, um, you get the high priestess card number two, the hangman card number 12. Again, that's it. That is the card and it's second de- degree. And so you get the two of swords in it, then you just read that as very synchronistic. Very much pay attention, and I also like to combine the first degree meaning into the second second degree meaning, and that's a little bit more tricky, I guess. But it's just it layers the reading in a certain way when you read cards that way, and so and also using numerology as well. It's not as related, but numerology is also very evident in the tarot and. I feel something that we should use as well oh and that, one um, more <laughs> I'm sorry you know you're like this girl, but and also using angel numbers and tarot. so if it's 222 two, two, maybe checking in the high priestess if you're seeing 444 four, four, checking what it means to be in like the emperor energy and so on um you can also use them for angel numbers as well
0: I know that tarot readings also have dates and times so can you explain a little bit if you know can you explain a little bit about the? Dates How do and I feel
1: about dates and times? Okay, when reading cards, I try not to focus on that because I feel that it can be not a trap, but a, sometimes a bad point of reference. As we know from Einstein's theory of time, that we have time space reality. I believe it's called. So like, we basically, there's just like so much happening with time. And so I believe that you can definitely make accurate predictions with time, um, timing with cards, but I would just um, be mindful of that because I feel that there are infinite amount of possibilities. So um, infinite amount of timelines available to us. And so we just have to like be mindful of that, not getting, I guess, the only thing there you can get kind of stuck with that specific date and I would want there to be more of an expansive mindset for the client around the timing aspect of things.
0: Um, I have a story to share about the first time I pulled a tarot card deck, or um, my spirit guides, I asked them, okay, what do you want me to communicate with you, like the first time, how would you like me to communicate with you? They told me tarot card reading, like tarot card deck, so I went to spencers <laughs> at the time i went to spencers and my first tarot card deck was the Rider tarot um which i intuitively pulled it and then i searched it up and it was like one of the most popular tarot card decks everyone uses i'm like okay good i did a good pick and i actually and felt good to it not a good
1: pick <laughs> <laughs> i'm this i'm a tarot and marseille girl I'm not cutting you off tarot and marseille girl I'm like but it's okay that's what your spirit led you to so it's fine. <laughs> How
0: do you feel about the Rider Tarot card deck?
1: Well, basically, I view it as the more Christianized version of the cards. But at the end of the day, I just like it better because the PIP cards are different on the Tarot de Marseille. The PIP cards for Rider Waite Smith, I feel, have one absolute meaning Mm -hmm. meaning you draw the Nine of Swords, you draw the Ten of Swords, and immediately you're in that space of like, okay, this is something that you know, I have to like, I don't know, just you have a certain mindset around it versus if you draw the tune of swords with Terran and Marseille, it's just swords. It's just like swords on the the, um, card. And so you have to dig deeper, basically past the surface of the imagery. I just feel the imagery with Rider-Waite-Smith basically is so specific that it loses the nuance of what the pip cards could be. And that's kind of for all of them, in my opinion, actually, um, Because the court cards are in myself like, con- and also, they're really one thing to do, they switched strength and justice card as well. So that kind of throws me because if you're reading with the degrees, then it messes it up. But anyways, yeah, that's basically why I guess I have a whole like list. In my thank you head. for sharing that. <laughs> yeah,
0: but thank you for sharing that because maybe our listeners will also resonate with how you view the cards. I mean, I I've resonate a little bit with the timing of the cards, like you said, because it's divine timing. Not everything has a specific time because time's not linear. And I also agree that the cards is intuitively what you choose, and it's not always 100% the imagery, of course, because that is just based on our perception our subconscious mind of how we view it. But it's also what message you get from the cards what is the card telling you and when you have a card that is so specific like you said it kind of loses the imagination of how you predict the card and what you feel intuitively about the card and that's mostly what Tarot is, is how do I perceive the message? How do I perceive what I can channel to view it to help me on my path and guide me? It's kind of the same thing with every modality of um, divination tool you use is you find a way that works with you in every tool, whether automatic writing, whether dowsing rods or pendulums, it's not always the same for every one. You ultimately choose how you wanna work with those tools. So I completely agree with you. And it's completely okay to have different perception on how you work with your tool. Exactly. You're also a soul embodiment mentor. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. So it drives home, I guess, back to you know the tools that I use, or like it connects with the tools that I use, which are energy feeling and tarot cards. I never would have imagined growing up basically that I would you know pick something so strange but the way that it naturally unfolded innately basically lends to this is something that I can embody my soul with and so soul embodiment in my opinion is touching and realizing our innate abilities and that comes from our soul and fusing that with our spirit with our bodies to create the lives that we want to which (laughs) someone said ultimately we just want to be happy want to love ourselves love people around us do well in the world and spread love and that's essentially what soul embodiment I feel leads to is that beautiful like essence of things and it also includes shadow work, by the way, guys. It's not just self and games, you know, but because I feel, well, I guess it's stressed that now in the spiritual community. And I agree, um, but it, I feel like shadow work is like par for the course, you know, as a Scorpio and all. <laughs> I have like everything in Scorpio, by the way. Um, But yeah, and it's just, it's really about knowing yourself, soul embodiment. So like, that's about learning about your chakras, learning about your birth chart, learning about your human design, learning about all those things and combining it to live a life that truly you can just your soul radiates from your being and I believe that as children that's what we come in to do and we can kind of lose that you know and so just realigning with that
0: so as you're doing these soul embodiment mentorships has it helped you grow as a person how does helping one uh, with the collective kind of helped you with your journey since then?
1: It's like you can see yourself in them, you know, and you can see who they are as well. You know, it's a very, the word expansive comes to mind, but I feel like it's it's just, a it's almost like you're not raising someone, but you're assisting someone, you know? So like in essence, like you're nurturing them essentially. So th- it's this very motherly nurturing role, so you discover like I guess the vulnerable the vulnerabilities and the soft spots in you and you know connecting that with other people and just it's like you're a mentor you're a friend you're a sister like you're all those things a mother a nurturer like all those things in one when you're doing like this type of work soul mentorship
0: and when you're doing this work do you feel more tapped into your femininity side
1: It's both for me I because for me I'm like I'm very much like yes feminine but I'm like oh girl masculine so like I love I love like the it's like I guess the masculine aspect is going to be like the structure and stability that you give someone Mm -hmm. but it's also like you get to like pull out like you said the feminine aspect the nurturing so you very much get to be in a soft feminine very creative and very creative big like star point there because a big part of soul embodiment is creativity the ability to create means that we are gods in my opinion um the, the ability to create and destroy means that we're gods essentially and so really just embodying that also learning about that too because I feel that like I said I I think you kind of got that I feel it resonate more with masculine energy um okay. but it's still like again about like Going within the shadow self and like finding out why that is <laughs>
0: and She's just so having
1: brilliant. fun with it, you know.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree because I balance both masculine and feminine energy as well. I am Gemini Sun, Pisces Moon, and Virgo Rising, so I have mask. I mean, you know, the Gemini Sun is basically um, balancing feminine and masculine energy, so I completely agree with you. You know, it took me a couple years to finally be able to become aware of what my feminine energy was and how to work Mm -hmm. with myself and flow in that and surrender with the flow of that energy and it it heals. And it's like I said, you know, I work best with both, but I used to work best in masculine. So I completely understand what you mean as Mm -hmm. when we don't surrender and fall back, we're always trying to be in control and kind of create that structure and stable um, environment for ourselves to strive. But sometimes it can allow us to um forget to just sometimes fall back as the feminine energy, just to let the earth and the nature and our our conscious being let us just catch us in mm-hmm. the moment. So I completely understand what you mean. Um and with the energy healing, you do energy healing. Do you feel as the soul embodiment mentorship also helps with energy healing? Like when you do self-reiki or Energy healing on yourself, does this help you in any way as well?
1: Yes, definitely. Because I feel I was very resistant with energy healing, with Reiki and whatnot, because it's a very, with energy healing, you very much have to be like in your soul, super grounded there, because it's not even believing that it works. It's more like just like knowing that that's the power of our thoughts, essentially. That's the power of like, our will to do something for someone is just like more subtle, obviously. So it was very, it's very much a process learning, but it's also very cool to feel the effects of the energy, you know, healing in yourself and doing self um, Reiki. I, I use both by the way, Reiki energy healing, but I mainly say energy healing because I don't strictly use Reiki, if that makes sense. Like I use more than just like the symbols, which is what makes Reiki Reiki. Um, but yeah, during self sessions, that can be honestly the most challenging you do because I feel like, am I doing enough? Or like my one of my friends, she's like, I can do amazing things for other people, but like for myself, I I see things that like I kind of struggle with, you know? So it's like, well, why can't that fix that, you know? So it's there's definitely a lot of surrender <laughs> involved in energy healing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a journey of soul and simply because you have to like really surrender and really trust.
0: I love that. That was beautifully said. Mm. I, I really felt the message that you were saying. And with you being as well an energy alignment practitioner, is it the same as... Um, energy
1: healing? Yes, but I, w- I say energy alignment, but I feel that our chakras basically aren't something we open. I feel that the energy exists inherently. And similar to how, like, we have to tune a violin or we have to tune a piano, it's about tuning this body or instrument to the resonance or frequency of our chakras. And so I say alignment because I feel we are simply aligning to that frequency versus opening something maybe activating is a good word too but i feel inherently we are whole we are simply aligning to what that means both physically mentally emotionally but i feel it's more specific to say energy alignment practitioner simply because i feel that i'm aligning someone to their frequency of chakras similar to how you would tune a violin is the best like analogy i can give there.
0: understand i actually really like how you view it um in that way because you know if you said chakra activation you're only focusing on the chakra system instead of like all the aspects of energy at whole so Mm -hmm. i really like how you say energy alignment or um i would say energy activation but our energy is already activated so it would really just be chakra activation so gina i know that you enjoy the conversation of shadow work is it any advice or some form of wisdom that you can share about shadow work that we can all use in our daily lives
1: okay big moment here <clears throat> give it time <laughs> sure. i say give it time because i feel that we want to move through shadow work quickly and really the best shatter work happens in the moment that you are being triggered. So it really kind of, you have to create via meditation, which is, but you have to create this state of awareness, basically, you know, of the event that's happening in order to like basically soothe yourself through it. And that just kind of takes time. It's like, you know, we go to the gym and you know that we don't get abs overnight or like even in a year for some people kind of have to give it time. And you have to understand that, do it to where you're working on a p- specific thing like time or money or like relationship, you know. But at the end of the day, it's just really about giving your t- giving yourself time to decondition. Um in human design, they call that the process of aligning to your self. And that's essentially what shadow work is is deconditioning and giving yourself the time and space to process and also to reparent the inner mother father oh and also for my ladies i don't i i still haven't worked with this enough but it it makes sense in my head so i'm gonna go ahead and share it just i feel makes sense to like shed an energetic layer as well and also you know lay a new energetic foundation for your new womb lining i guess what i call it for your new womb lining to form so it forms mm-hmm. a new energy basically so i would say that's another tip
0: with shadow working as well, it's allowing your subconscious mind and ego to step through and see, like basically view your triggers, your open wounds or your inner child wounds, your traumas, or just past experiences that you have to be able to become aware of it, to reprogram mm-hmm. it or change it, fix it, heal it, grow from it, evolve from it. Um, Personally, I've had a lot and a lot a lot <laughs> I've had, had a lot of shadow working throughout the years. Um, of course we do. That's part of the journey that like you said, we shed energy and we become new versions of ourselves quite literally every day, every month, every week, every year. You know, it doesn't take every seven years scientifically, like they say, where you create a new cell in your body every seven years. Sometimes you you can change your mind in one day, and have this whole different mindset. So, there's one thing that has really changed me and the way I perceive this reality is that. There, there may be a few things, but we'll just <laughs> we'll just chop it up to what sounds a little bit more simple. But we will say that sometimes all you need is just to be in the present moment there is no wrong or right, we are only evolving. We're just consciousness experiencing ourselves, correct? So when we try to have all these expectations of what we think we should be, sometimes all we need is just to accept who we are in that present moment and really find peace in the moment of who we are, that we can breathe and talk and play and sing and love that we can be the observer in any any moment in time. You don't have to take 20 years to be at peace. You can be at peace in the present moment. And shadow working really has taught me that I don't need to take hours of my day or take years to heal forms of myself that I kind of related to in the past. I know that we take on versions of ourselves from the past or even the present moment or the future, but realistically speaking, it is only what you choose to want to focus on, who you want to be and choose to stay. And you work at it. And like you said, Gina, we take baby steps every day to find the version of us and step forward to it every single day, just baby steps. We don't have to have it all together right now. And some of us are lost and that's okay. This is a journey. We are not supposed to have it all together at one moment. Also, the human mind's not capable of having all that information in <laughs> one moment anyway, because how mm-hmm. are we supposed to, you know, articulate all the downloads we're getting in one second? But, and and how do you feel about shadow working and how it's helped you?
1: I feel that it makes you very honest and accountable with yourself. And it also, like you were saying, really gives you A certain peace with the present moment, which is really what we all desire beyond the things that we desire, if that makes sense, Um, is just peace with the present moment, um, being surrendered to it. So it definitely has brought me to that place, I feel. But I I feel with shadow work, I just, I don't don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio or what, But I just you know, I feel that they say, what is it like your germs are in the shadow. It's just something that I like want to work at, you know, like it's not something at this point for me. It's just like I'm eager to discover what's there because like i I it's for me contains wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know. um, but again, really centering myself in the present moment is also something. That my ancestors, guys, are like Gina, get to. And also, this is something for especially, I guess, everyone really, because this collective energy has really war like history, <laughs> but also for POC peoples doing collective shadow work around ancestral wounding has been so big, so huge, and not just like the, like the way stuff, I can't remember, but even like. Working with the matriarchal line, working with my mother wound has been very, very powerful. And we mentioned femininity and opening up my femininity, working with that wound and just like, but really any ancestral stuff, because I feel that we honor our ancestors, but certainly I feel that cultures like, you know, across the pond are a little bit more like, but a, a little bit more, um, about it you know like africa and like uh asian cultures indian cultures they're very just they very much honor their ancestors and so that's been something that's been very important to me as well but also like working with the shadow and but also their gifts as well but the shadow because i feel that we can accumulate a lot you know and really you know you need to do shadow work when there's repeated instances in your life where you're like why did this go wrong? What what happens? Like what's going on? That's when you, you probably do some shadow work. And
0: <laughs> I have um I had this dream where I lucid dream, so I was like in full control and was aware of my dream state. And um I summoned my subconscious mind because I wanted I set the intention before I went to bed that I'm going to con- communicate to my subconscious mind and heal my shadow work my inner child wounds and stuff my wounds um in my dream state which is a very good way to heal yourself because it's where your, you know your conscious remains and your subconscious and you can heal a lot of wounds there um but what happened was I became conscious in my dream and I started to lose the dream and I said okay now I'm gonna summon my subconscious and I looked right at myself my subconscious was, you know, it looked just like me with the wild hair and the, the pretty smile it looked just like me. But the kicker is my subconscious was very negative and I didn't recognize myself in her. I looked at my subconscious as like I'm basically a bystander to it. I know we were one, but it just didn't feel like we were really connected because the way that my subconscious was talking to herself didn't sound like me. And this is why I also want to point out that sometimes your subconscious lies to you and it creates all these different thoughts and feelings and beliefs of what you don't actually resonate with your higher self. So it can feel a little bit like you're disconnected from yourself because that is not who you really resonate with. And when I'm talking to my subconscious mind in the dream state, I I asked it a few questions like, why do you talk to yourself this way? You know, I don't even feel this way about myself like I think I'm a beautiful very creative loving person but hearing my subconscious say just these negative rude things about itself I just couldn't resonate with it and that's how I knew instantly like this is what I needed to learn today was that I don't need to like I don't need to relate or depend or I guess what they would call be attached. I do not need to be attached to my identity or my personality or my ego because this is not who I am. I don't even, I don't even resonate with this this version of myself. So I ended up um, doing some healing in my dream state. I told myself, uh, my subconscious mind, I said, I need you to repeat these words to me. And I did some affirmations with her and she finally gave up and just continued to just do it <laughs> with me. And then I gave her a hug and I'm like, you know, I love you. And even though you're holding the space that, even though that our shadow holds the space of all the wounds and the shadow parts that we consciously sometimes don't become aware of, which sometimes does help because if all our shadows was out there, I'm pretty sure we'd be making a lot of not so great decisions and choices and saying not the nicest words, but I'm glad that 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 my shadow side or this subconscious side of me does hold that space. But as long as it's understanding that it's an illusion of separation, you are not that being. This is just an illusion that you're holding that space for. We are not separate from unity, from oneself, from whole, from pure consciousness. We are the unconditional stream of love that we all interne- interconnectedly have and hold. So, me explaining this to my subconscious, she finally just gave in. Once I gave her that hug, it was just more so like I felt more at peace with myself when I woke up from that and just really understood that it's always a choice. Once you become aware of a version of yourself, it's always a choice. You are not entitled to be this version of yourself, you're not entitled to be attached to your personality or your ego. And I know it can be a little bit. For a human, it can, you know, through social cues can be a little hard to kind of completely shed yourself from being the person everyone knows to being this completely nude person. And, you know, it can be scary sometimes, depending on how we view it, how we perceive it. And I understand that. But if it's going to heal you, if it's going to make you a better version of yourself and make you feel more at peace and unconditionally loving and accepting of yourself, that is the way to always go and always be the person or the observer of oneself, right? So, this also means that when we are kind of hiding this mask in front of society, sometimes we just by taking off the mask it is what sheds the other mask, is what changes our vibration of the world to kind of become the observers as well and accept oneself and unconditionally love oneself. So, always. Every day, if you can, always try to remind yourself to be thankful and grateful and look at yourself as the observer that this is just an experience. This is not who I am, but I can choose who I subconsciously want to be or consciously want to be today. And that's what shadow work ultimately can teach you is that you don't have to be attached to one version of yourself. You get to choose which version you agree with at any point in time as time is not linear. And do you agree, Gina, with that? Or do you have anything to add towards that?
1: Well, that was so beautiful. Yeah, Especially the end, we can definitely decide who we want to be, you know, and decide to align with that. And it's, oh, very beautiful, by the way, that you were doing shadow work in your dream state. Very powerful. If you can lose your dream, I we'll would say definitely also another tool in the toolkit to do that. I'm going to have, I've been working on my dreaming, <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say I'm like able to lucid dream at will, but I do understand what I'm dreaming after it's done. So I at least know how to decipher my dreams. Mm-hmm.
0: Done. I can give you a tip. So the easiest way I do it is I always set the intention before I go to bed if I'm trying to do some type of work. Like when I'm trying to astral project a reality shift or lucid dream or, um, another, versions of what dreaming can offer I always set the intention I'm very clear and direct on what I want and you can leave some room for the imagination you know you don't have to always expect the the miracles you can have a little space of not certainty just to kind of give you that little magic um but just for example if I'm trying to in this case since we're talking about shadow working work with my inner child I would say I am setting the intention to go into my dream state tonight and work with my inner child i surrender to your help i surrender to your guidance universe my spirit guides my spirit team my higher self can you help me um guide me into my dream state to help find or heal my inner child and you don't have to be super specific but just as long as you have the main topic at hand you always become conscious in your dreams every night I do that every night when I'm well, you know, every night I'm trying to work in my dream state. I do this every night and I'll say that exact same kind of around the same intentional phrase, um, and believe it. Always believe that will happen. And nine times out of ten, I always end up becoming conscious and I always can choose what I want to do in that that time. And it just takes practice and sometimes I like Every time I try to do it, um, something new, sometimes just by believing it the first time, you can just get down the first time. But it also takes practice for some things. Like I, you might also agree that when you work with a new tool, sometimes it takes practice before you can fully get comfortable and understand how to use it to what you perceive it to be.
1: Like Violet, here's
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> so Mine would be piano
1: oh you play piano amazing I How want else?
0: to I'm manifesting it right now I play piano mm, I'm just letting good. you guys know so Love when I
1: musicians, Love musicians. <laughs> a portal to spirit by the way is being a musician in my opinion <laughs> a portal to spirit as being a musician in my opinion
0: yeah Something about,
1: like the music is just amazing
0: I agree <laughs> Well thank you so much Spiritual Gina for coming onto the show. I love your energy. I love your grounded, calm, collected energy and how you want to help this collective raise their vibration, become in touch with their soul and ultimately know that they're the embodiment of love. And and thank you for being a part of the collective to to choose these gifts to help all of us learn how to heal and do our shadow work and learn what energy means to us and how to cultivate it in our own reality. So thank you so much for this.
1: Yes, it was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely chatting with you guys. And this is what I love to do. Second nature. So yeah. (laughs)